This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. Happy Fat Liberation Month, everyone. Happy Fat Liberation! I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub. And today I'm a, I don't know, I'm a Fat Liberation Month boy. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's exciting. It's, We're here. It's, hi, my name is Michael. I am a chubby chaser and uh, I suppose I'm also a Fat Liberation Month boy today. See? See what I did there? It was a cop out. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> it's always nerve wracking going after Trevor. And so when he throws me a softball, I, I feel like I have to just jump on that train. <laughs> Okay, I'm just, I'm just basking in the mixed metaphor of the softball yeah, on the just, train. Okay, moving on. <laughs> hey there, my name's Don. I'm a big, fat, chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood, and today I am barricading my bedroom door for fear that people are coming in to try and liberate my fat. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> we got some weird energy going this morning. We do, we do. Hi, my name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And um, yes, yes, we are storming the Bastille, the fat liberationists, <laughs> to free. What are, we freeing again? what are we freeing again, Trevor? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot have my fat. <laughs> it's oh my boy. fat. Uh... <laughs> It was a weird morning for all of us listeners. It's been a weird, it's our weird, croissants weird were all dis- delayed. I'm I'm only halfway through my coffee. We <laughs> it's but it's we're Welcome back to the Big Fat Gay Rambling Hour. Yes. So, <laughs> we actually have a lot of great stuff for you yeah, guys. No, but it's first exciting. off, we want to lead off with thanking our Patreon subscribers for getting us here <laughs> Yay. Like, yeah without you we would not have the means of doing these recordings and we would not have the means to be returning to our full-time recording schedule yeah so this episode we're recording with our new system well trevor dies in the corner yeah i'm fine coughing cool. i'm good we are recording this via riverside and shipping it out to an editing service that did a great job last time and that's all thanks to you guys uh, supporting us uh, financially, um, helping us keep the show on a weekly schedule, which is what it's going to be going forward. So, yay. Thank yay. you. Mm. Thank you also to to Big Fig for partnering with us. We have an affiliate going with them. If you plan to uh, purchase a mattress or at least look at purchasing a new mattress, uh, consider Big Fig. They are excellent. They are completely fat-centric, fat-focused. All of their advertising is around making fat people feel welcome and that's their their whole business is making the best possible mattress for fat people and their partners so check them out i hope the link is working we have one person who said that they made a purchase and we haven't seen it go through so if you're looking for a new mattress and a way to benefit the podcast our link is one way to do it and the link would be on our on our website on the website and the resources page okay and we are also celebrating another great event Yay. We have our 100th review. Yay. Yes. How exciting is that? So, Don, this 100th, take us away. <laughs> this 100th review, folks, I've been listening since the very beginning, but held my review in my pocket until this very moment because 100 is a fancier number of reviews to have than 99. I cannot disagree. <laughs> Am I the target demographic? 
I'm a cis, white, mid-sized, femme, Gen X grandma in a hetero marriage of 25 plus years. So yes, yes I am. <laughs> Are you a person? Do you have a body that the predominant culture thinks is available to comment on? Do you like listening to nice people who are smart, interesting, funny, and genuinely charming? Get in a parasocial nice. relationship with Don, Trevor, Dan, and Michael. It will be a bright spot in your podcast feed every week. And God damn it, I think we need to take out radio ads with this copy because yeah. i mean damn she's selling us better than we've ever sold ourselves mm. thank you i like that she's been waiting for the most dramatic moment to leave a review like waiting that's, to pounce that's so so like that's so so our listeners isn't it yes. <laughs> are you saying our listeners are capable of a dramatic entrance yes <laughs> So this was a while ago. We've had a, a gap between recording, but we've, we've skyrocketed up to 103 ratings on uh, I, Apple, sorry, Apple Podcasts, Ooh. not iTunes. So thank you, everybody. We love seeing the feedback and love knowing that you guys are actually listening to the rambling. We do we appreciate it. And once there. again, we have an advertising budget of zero. So like, uh, please, you know, spread the word. If you think our podcast will benefit somebody you know, or if you just want to annoy someone with our dulcet tones <laughs> spread us like a virus all right go <laughs> maybe it's not a weird like day a i'm embracing oh. it oh and we're oh. off like a dirty shirt this morning <laughs> do the thing that people do with their pets where like you just put on the podcast when you leave the house to keep oh my your, god we'll keep your dog company <laughs> and then you get home and the dog is like shoot up the entire house because he's sick of listening to it <laughs> The pug is I think we need to discuss this body shaming you've been putting me on with these outfits you've been picking out for me. <laughs> Dear God, pug, take us yeah. into the, the episode. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. This is the sound you hear when you know that we're moving on <laughs> into the actual episode. That's right, jazz hands, baby. Uh, so this uh, this first subject, I. I was like, I'm probably the only person of our, you know, little podcast crew that knows about this. And he was. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Troy Savan had his uh, music video Rush come out, which was met with criticism for the lack of body diversity in the, the video. So he um, is this white, blonde haired, blue eyed, very traditionally good looking twinky gay guy who has a song that is sort of encapsulating like the way it's sort of put in this article is joyful hedonism, mm. yeah. which I think is kind of on point. Like I watched the video. It's very much about that sort of like summer sex vibes, but in a fun, playful way. And there's, you know, as you would think, a lot of a lot of bodies in the video, a lot of bodies, mostly partially well, nude, shirtless, sort of Well, I mean, I, quantity wise, not <laughs> variety okay, wise. So when I was watching this video, I thought it really outlined some of the issues that the after a SAG actor strike is trying to deal with in mm. that when you take mm. use AI to cut and paste this one body across <laughs> the entire video over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not OK. More than that, one extra should have gotten some residuals for this. I always so really want all I over have, again. I have a question because <laughs> there is a point in the music video where Troy I think is cruising himself literally and I was like I, I watched it a couple times no. and I'm like I can't tell. Is was that it, is it him? Like is it It's because it's cutting back and forth and I'm like is this the same guy? Are you saying all twinks look alike? <laughs> Apparently because I literally <laughs> I watched this scene where he's like 
cruising the guy who has the lighter and he takes the lighter down to kind of like his crotch. And I'm yeah. like, I, I couldn't tell if that was the same person. It's, I don't think it is. Well, I, I think we need to clarify for the listener. Don, did you literally mean there's AI or are you just saying like, all no, the he was being like, facetious. Yeah. I'm being facetious, but, but, yeah. but they honestly, look, there it is, really does. There is one body type. Like, it's not yeah, a matter yeah. of body diversity. There is one body type in this. It's right, Twink man. and Twink and the evolution of Twink, Twunk. That's it. Yeah. That's all you get in this. As as Dorothy yeah. Parker once said, it's it goes the distance from A to B. <laughs> exactly. Now, the, the part of the discourse around this is the lashback, which is, I think, taking place mostly on Twitter. We know people are calling him out on this. People are saying, like, yeah, you, you couldn't have tried a little bit harder. And his I response. I love the response. It's songs. very sort of typical of like, oh, we were just making a video. We didn't think about that. Yeah. Which, okay, fine. But like, <laughs> it's honest. Uh, he's very yeah. honest. And the thing is, like, people were also, I think, lashing out at him. So what? What? What's the quote exactly? Because they said, like, go eat something, twink. I th- or, yeah, ooh. it's something like eat something, you stupid twinks. Ouch. So like uh, that's not okay either. That's not okay. No, Who thought that okay. was okay? I, okay, so, I mean, I don't think it's fair to like. I hate to always have to be like, but no. But think of the twinks. Like be like, it's not. Don't don't lash out at the twinks. But at the same time, like I don't really expect. <laughs> I I don't think it's fair to expect from this guy who like. clearly like in constructing this video it's like okay there is no body diversity it is just like i was just like making a music video with my friends with my friends who all look like me yeah Yeah. and i think if they had been if someone went to him is like we need to have body diversity i think it would have gone like the andrew christian i was thinking of underwear thing where it's like it would not actually like it would be this very performative poorly yeah. executed and thing like if i'm gonna make a music video just like this am i obligated to include people who look like him because those aren't the people i'm attracted to and this video is about him being attracted to a bunch of guys and, and by the way there is racial diversity in the video it's not just a bunch of white guys it's white and black people yeah that's I mean, it. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> two flavors does not make racial well, diversity. I, I, I wanted to follow up on Trevor's point, like comparing it with the Andrew Christian thing where like we have some diversity. See, see. And I kind of feel like this very honest. Oh, sorry. We didn't think about that. I find like that's so. No, I don't know. Better isn't the word it I want to use. seems kind of I, European to me. No, no. I just <laughs> I prefer the honesty of it rather than the oh, fuck. That's right. We got to please the fatties. Let's let's put somebody who weighs 200 pounds in there. <laughs> I kind of prefer that sort of like, <laughs> like, like the joke that's like in LA, you don't bother to make up ex- an excuse. Like in New York, you'd be like, oh, geez, you know, I, I, my car in the subway and blah, blah, blah. And in America and in, in California, you're just like, oh, oh, sorry, dude, I spaced, you know? <laughs> and I think there's something of value in like, oh yeah, sorry. We didn't think about that. Like, I, I kind of admire the honesty, if not the result. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would also kind of like to sit down at some point and have a conversation with a twink person about this, about their feelings on the whole, like, you know, the whole eat eat, eat something tweak thing, yeah. uh, being an equivalency to the fat shaming. Because I, I guess I understand it uh, mentally, but by the same token, in a video that's featuring nothing but this body type, every other gay video I go out to features that body type, 
not mine. And so I just don't feel like there's an equivalency. And I feel like it's an excuse giving them the chance to exclude fat people and feel okay about it. Yeah, I, I think you know? there's a lot of situations where people either people try to or are misunderstood to be trying to make an equivalency. And I think it's not about that. It's just that, you know, if you wouldn't do it in one direction, don't do it in the other direction. I, I think yeah. that. And I that, agree that, with that was, statement completely. Yeah. And I think that was Trevor's point. You know, it's yeah. like you don't you don't get a pass on body shaming because you're mad. Mm -hmm. You know, it's I don't know. As I'm just thinking of like. Like watching the video, I was like, this all seems horrible. <laughs> I don't want to be at that at this party yeah. where they're, no they're doing like the breakfast club kind of table dance at one point. The line dance. I don't know. It's it, it looked like Russian folk dancing to me. There was so much about it. Like, I mean, the layers of like the no body diversity and like everything. It's like I... I felt like I'm not part of this world at all. I think I think that's what makes it so insidious because so many of us have had that feeling of like, I am so not part of this world at all. And yet the people in that world are completely oblivious to that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you know, even even as as privileged and normalized, you know, or, or passing as being a chubby chaser is. You know, especially being a, you know, a white cis man being a chubby chaser. There's that I know, like, be, because I've, because I felt other, I can, I can more easily understand that feeling of otherness. And I think that is not true for a lot of people mm -hmm. where like, I understand like, this is just for me and my friends. On the other hand, it's a video and they're not getting that. Not everyone's part of that party well, and you're not inviting us. You're not Here's, inviting us to that party. You're saying you're just sort of demonstrating that you're having a party without us. Does art have to be all things for all people all the time? Yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't. I, or maybe I that's not your point. I don't but think it so. But I just, <laughs> I think because it was, you know, this question, like this thing that I was aware of that was happening, but I was like, before I even knew about the lack of body diversity, like I was like, this is not really for me. I mean, the music video is Rush, which is a reference to the Poppers brand Rush. So I was already kind of like, I'm not like a, a Poppers club guy, but like, I don't. You just like blew us I, another I sponsorship, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Use a uh, promo code Big Fat Rush to get 20% uh, <laughs> off your next order of Poppers. No, I just. I don't think it needs to be for everyone. And like I said, like, this seems horrible to me. Just like partying in a warehouse barn. I don't really, I couldn't really tell where it was. And like, I don't need to be part of that. And I'm kind of fought, like, like I said, I think if they had tried to have Troy Savan's body version of body diversity, it would have, I think, been received even worse. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think you're right. Th to me, what makes a difference is that he's not doing, as far as I could tell, he's not doing anything anti-fat in the video. Mm -hmm. He's just doing his thing. He's doing yeah. his like, thing, yeah. He's not hitting out against fat people. He's just being kind of, you know, blind in his own attractions. That's whatever. Everyone's kind of like that. I don't, I don't personally, I don't see, I don't think he deserves the criticism. Well, or the defense of like, oh, we didn't think about that is kind of like refreshingly honest. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Sure. If, if if he tried to double speak it in some way, I think I might take some offense. But yeah. the fact that he was just up front, like, wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Okay. It just shows the circles you run in, too. You know, it's, yeah. it's self-revelatory, really. I mean, I think the, like, to be play devil's advocate, because, like, I don't, at the end of the day, I really don't care about Dries of <laughs> or, like, but I think, like, what the lesson to learn, because, like, I think it's, you know, I think I would prefer to him to be honest. Like, I didn't think about that. But, like, to maybe be like, but maybe I should. Because I don't, mm-hmm. I think it is because of how this all played out. It's like, I didn't think about that. And those fat people shat on me. So now I don't think he is going to, because of that, like, because he was shit on, I don't think there's going to be like, but there's a learning opportunity here. No, because- no. The discourse came over Twitter. Nothing good is going to come yeah. from it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was a shot. It, it, the whole thing was shot from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I would let, be curious to know if people think Rush is a bop. I didn't even really like the song that much. I don't know. I was I was looking at the, the YouTube comments. People like, this is the summer anthem. And I was like, is it though? <laughs> I feel like there's been so many better, especially with the Barbie soundtrack. Like, Yeah, exactly. There's, there's so many other like legit bops this summer. I feel like it's this a little isn't... early to declare the song of the summer anyway. <laughs> when we're not done recording when this came out in July. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a bit early, guys. All right. As our second article today. Yay. Yeah. I am I, going I think to veering in a complete different direction. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bat this on over to Dan because I'm not touching <laughs> this person's name with a 10 foot pole. Uh, why, why, thank you, Don. I appreciate Ooh, that. I want to see if I can actually pronounce it then now. Before the podcast, Dan was coaching us <laughs> in this Finnish artist's name and the pronunciation of it. And when you say Finnish artist, it's not an artist who's complete. It's an artist who's from Finland. Yes. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, e- hold on. No, e- I want to try to pronounce it and I want to oh, see oh, if I'm I got sorry, it right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 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 EU Susie Raya. That's darn close. That's darn, darn close. Yes. And for, yes, I think they'd take that. Um, so the artist, Iyu uh, Susiraya, is, what she does is she does these incredible photographs, sort of self-portraits, but in unusual staged photographic positions. Very ordinary stuff, like her house, her parents' house, objects you find around the house. But the juxtaposition of her body, those objects, that environment kind of is striking it's usually a blank expression i'm trying to think of what what are some of the examples of her photo well so she let's start with she's very fat and so the art is always centered around her body in some form or fashion she's always they're all self-portraits right so she's in all of these photos Mm -hmm. and she's in a state of undress uh, oftentimes undressed Mm -hmm. or partially undressed and she always comes up with a a list of props like per photo when she's planning she wants to come up with whatever sort of mundane props that she can find that have, she has a sort of specific way of narrowing things down. Like the example she gives is, you know, if I'm looking for a smoking implement, well, e-cigarettes don't have a timelessness to them and pipes aren't really all that common. So I would choose a cigarette if I were going to choose that kind of a thematic prop. So she has a a method of narrowing down the things that she includes. But for instance, one of them uh, is a photo of her lying in her bed with this beautiful sort of natural light coming through the window and she's on her back and on her belly, she has a large jar with an upright banana in it. (laughs) And the photo uh, is called functional communication. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's another photograph of her. She's wearing a skirt and a blouse and she has a broom. She's, she's kind of standing in that area, kind of between the dinette and the kitchen. And she's got a broom that is being held up under her breasts. And, you know, she's wearing a, she's, she's wearing a blouse and she's just staring at the camera. And it's a very nicely composed picture. And uh, this is from Art Forum. And the intent is that it's really about what reactions does this produce in you, the viewer? Because it's sort of a, almost a <laughs> Rorschach test would be, would be one way to say it, except it's not abstract. It's, it's these literal objects like a broom, like the plant in the background, like a picture on the wall, like her breasts holding up a broom. Mm -hmm. And it's that sort of mundane aspect contrasted with the unusualness of the image and her intent is to sort of spark what does this bring out in you as the viewer because once you and, and i'll i mean this is the thing once you see a fat body there's so much baggage around being fat whether you're fat whether you like fat whether you hate fat it, it brings up so much stuff and yeah. then there's just the Oh, she's just standing in a room that's just so mm -hmm. ordinary. And I love that juxtaposition of how ordinary this is and how extraordinary this is. There's something about it that like it because the whole thing of like the neutral that, you know, the it's not not inviting or repelling. And like it makes me think of like you go to your friend, like your friend buzzes you up to their apartment. They're like, oh, the door's unlocked. Just come in. And you open the door and like it's just someone else's apartment and you just kind of like catch them in this moment. <laughs> yes, and it's yes, like, yes, yes. That's and, a like, great you know, way of putting it. She's standing there in a swimsuit with a um, mannequin arm between her legs and just kind of like looking at you and you just kind of close the door and are trying to process what you just walked in on. I, I would love, love to hear other people's reactions to these because when I saw just the sampling and the article, I had to go out and look up some of her other work because I was laughing. Right. Yes. And mm -hmm. I thought it was hilarious. I loved what I was seeing. And all of my reactions, I think for me, came from the expression on his her face is very often how my like my inner monologue feels when someone's forcing me to take a photo and I don't mm. want to. Uh -huh. uh, it's it just she caught my reaction on in, in some of these things. And I loved it. I just loved it. In the interviewer, she talks about what that expression is and she says that blank expression is it's two it has two functions for her one it doesn't tell the viewer how to feel like if she were crying you'd know what that's about and you wouldn't investigate further mm -hmm. or if she were laughing and she says the other thing too is that the blank expression is a way of keeping ourselves private a way of you know when you don't have a reaction it's mm -hmm. a way of not disclosing what you're feeling to other people. It's a way of preserving your own emotional privacy. Anyway, uh, this show is currently running at MoMA PS1 in New York through September 14th. I would love to hear from any listeners that have the opportunity to go to the show and check it out and let, I don't know, let us know what you felt, what you saw, your favorite pieces. Okay. Yeah. And with that, we hurtle along into... Yay! The Watch of Fat. Do you feel it? Do you feel the breeze? The change? The Fat, fat Watch 2023. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fat Watch 2023, baby. I must say 2021. <laughs> <laughs> no, 20... we're backsliding. Nothing <laughs> really has had the same ring to it as Fat Watch 2020 or Lizzo Watch 2020. Yeah. That really had a like, yeah. anyway.
Moving along, we yeah. have a wonderful article in the Washington Post, believe it or not, uh, by Danielle Pennock, who I hadn't, I wasn't super familiar with, but you guys know her from Ghost. Oh, yes, yeah. she is. She is one of the regulars on Ghost, CBS, uh, I think CBS. And uh, she's hysterically funny. She plays a big, fat uh, wonderful jazz singer. jazz singer from the twenties. They're all oh, ghosts from her. different eras. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. her. Yeah, she also is on. I think Instagram as Body Courage. Yes, and um, she's also in so many ads now. Oh, mm. well, because she's she's really blown up, and it's really great. But anyway, she wrote this article, which I think Trevor's going to talk about. Yes. So, I mean, this is this is from June at this point, but I wanted to share it because it kind of came out right when we finished uh, our July recordings. And it was her opinion piece for the Washington Post talking about Lizzo getting fat shamed and like what fat shamers don't understand about Lizzo. And I just loved it because like I love her. I loved hearing her perspective as a fat black woman who is in kind of like, you know, the public light. And it's, you know, it's not anything that we really haven't talked too much in depth about, but I just loved hearing her perspectives and also like her you know she talks about medical fat phobia and you know going to the doctor because she um split a toenail from a gel manicure and the doctor prescribing ozempic to treat her toenail <laughs> yeah for your toenail yeah yeah which if in case you don't know that's a weight loss drug yeah and i i don't know i also thought there were some things that she talked about and kind of talking about like lizzo versus like my 600 pound life and all these other fat things in media that I think is interesting, would be interesting to kind of unpack. Cause you were talking about that a little bit before we started recording Michael. Yeah. And I think in particular, she really hones in on, you know, why do people care? No, yeah. seriously. Why do you care? Like if Lizzo posted like you say it's unhealthy. Well, okay, what if she posts her blood work and everything's perfect? Does that change your opinion? Like, would you stop caring at that point? No, of course not. Like the the offense that people take that they have to lash out at her, all of this prompted by the fact that Lizzo took a break from Twitter because people were, were bashing her particularly hard. And mm -hmm. so she said, I'm taking a break, I'm stepping away. And so Danielle wrote this article and really it's just why do you care why the f like why really look at yourself and look at your behavior why does it bother you so much that this person is telling people to love themselves mm -hmm. like there's sort of a not to step in it but there's sort of a jesus parallel here like, <laughs> <laughs> like just love yourselves and love your neighbors like what's wrong with that why do you have such a problem with that <sighs> well <laughs> And then we get into my book. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Well, exactly I mean, right. I think so. She talks about my like people thinking about fat people in media and they go like, you know, the thoughts are like my 600 pound life, the biggest loser and seeing people like we're so used to seeing fat people in media suffering and, you know, either trying to get redemption or suffering, you know, the being punished for being fat. Yeah, it's because mm -hmm. it's more than just seeing them suffering. It's that they deserve to be suffering. Mm -hmm. That yeah. is that is absolutely central to anti-fat bias is that they should be suffering. And if they're not suffering, something's wrong. And mm -hmm. Lizzo's not suffering. Therefore, something's wrong. And we need to make her suffer. And we need yeah. to make her suffer in, in so that she gets how much she should be suffering. Yeah. Yeah. 
in our little pre-show thing, I talked about, I was talking to this older woman at the dentist's office and was talking about just doing work with NAFA and she was working with domestic violence survivors and just kind of talking about medical fat phobia and the barriers of like, you know, people say it's all about health, but like they don't, won't accept that like, okay, but in order for fat people to be able to go to the doctor, they need to be treated with respect and be treated with like human beings. And like, they need to be able to sit in the chair in the waiting room at the doctor's office and, you know, have a doctor actually listen to them. Oh, but like, that you know, would be coddling them, Trevor. That would be encouraging the problem. <laughs> like when they go in for, so you know, a, a split toenail, they need to have the doctor listen to them instead of trying to prescribe them Ozempic. It is yeah. just, it's, it's bonkers. Well, yeah. that's, that's why this new push with the whole, like, you know, ob- obesity is a disease. It's not your fault. It's a medical condition that we can sell you treatment for. And <laughs> something, it, Reagan Chastain, who's just wonderful on this subject of medical fat phobia and stuff, you know, she points to the parallel between hate the sin, love the sinner. And it's like, oh, no, we don't hate you. We just hate that you're fat, which is you. <laughs> you know, we don't hate we don't hate you. We just hate that you're gay. We don't hate you. We just hate that you're fat. And, you know, then they get into the whole thing. Well, you know, fat is a mutable condition, but apparently not, since most people regain the weight within five years. Mm-hmm. So it's. <laughs> I wonder how much of this goes back to the, uh, I remember back when I was a kid, there was this whole movement in evangelical Christianity of hate the sin, not the sinner. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering how much of that is just bled into everything else in America where we just blame anyone that's going through something bad. We do it with poverty. We do it with injury. We do it with disease. Yeah. I don't hate poor people. I just hate how they are. You know, it's ridiculous. So, but I think what that is, is a sort of band-aid so you don't have to examine the underlying bigotry. Mm -hmm. Because if we can say, oh no, it's not them. It's about their health. And the thing is, if you push even a little, it all breaks. It all falls apart. You can tell immediately it's not about their health. As Daniel Pinnock points out in her editorial, as people have said many times, as I've said on the podcast, it's never, ever, ever about health. Mm-hmm. Because you can find people with health problems across the spectrum and they never get the lambasting that fat people do. I mean, I th- there's so much to say about this. And I, th- I really think, you know, Daniel Pinnock did a good job of kind of like encapsulating this for a different audience. And, you know, she just kind of wraps it up by telling like, you know, Lizzo opened her Twitter account again and said that, you know, it's okay that to take a break to take care of yourself. And I think that's just kind of always good to hear, especially just with so much discourse in everything right now. I think so. That's, it's just so know. much. Is the quantity of discourse? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> discourse. Every, you get discourse. You get discourse. Everyone gets discourse. And it's okay to take a break and don't let the yep. haters get you down. And That's while right. we may have heard this message before coming up from our podcast and sources that we look at all the time, remember, sometimes articles like this, this will be the first time someone sees yep. some of these concepts. Mm-hmm. So, And there, there are, not, I am not clicking on it, but there are apparently all, just under 3,000 comments on this article. Wow. Yeah. So clearly I, I it has inspired. <laughs> no, don't. But That's I didn't let the saying. haters get me down, like Dan, yeah, yeah. Daniel said. Quantity of discourse, not quality. Mm. Anyway. We have a main subject today. Yay. Are we doing the mailbag music or are we just going to summarize the mailbag? Because this came from a listener mail. I was going to read the letter because I think it can go 
uh, yeah. being efficient about it. And it has, it's, it's pretty succinct, actually. This main topic was inspired by a letter we got from a listener who says... I'm a 48-year-old chaser. I knew since I was 15 that I was attracted to chubby guys. I finally came out five years ago to my now ex-wife and kids. In September 2020, I met the most amazing man, and things got very serious very quickly. We started planning a future together. Unfortunately, he passed away unexpectedly in January mm. of 2022. It's mm, terrible. To make things worse, the family kicked me out of the house five days later, and I moved into the basement of my ex-wife's house. I started seeing another guy and things were going good. He's not financially stable. He has a full-time job in a field that he enjoys, but doesn't pay well at all. My concern isn't his job or the pay. It's the lack of financial responsibility. Bills will go unpaid late. And there have even been times where he has skipped getting his medication to pay rent. I'm working two jobs to get myself back and financially stable and to save for my own place. Hopefully that will happen at the end of this year. The only thing I know about my current boyfriend's finances is that as he puts it, they are a nightmare. He has <laughs> talked about, he has talked about moving in together, but I'm not ready for that. I love him and I don't want the money, his money issues to drag me down. Uh, we have been seeing each other for over a year and I'm not sure how to approach this or if this is something I should walk away from. Whew. I have so much to say about this. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's an important, it's much like sex. People don't tend to talk about finances. Yeah. So I think it's and important. And people have stuff about money and stuff about sex that they don't have about couches. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, there when are it's, a lot of like weird things that go on in people's heads about and money. I think it's, it's so hard because it's such a touchy subject. There's so many, you know, barriers and like, generational trauma around finance and generational you know poverty and there's there's so much around finances to talk mm -hmm. about i i think what attracted me in this letter is the idea of lack of financial responsibility as the writer puts it and i kind of mm, i wonder what exactly they mean because lack of financial responsibility well like lack of financial responsibility isn't I don't earn enough money. That's not a lack of financial responsibility. And it's almost impossible to budget oneself out of poverty. However, however, there are people who make poor financial choices. Um, you know, I remember a friend of mine who had very little money, was not being able to make the mortgage payments on his house. So he leased, you know, he did a car lease on an SUV. Uh, uh, not the smartest move there. Why? Because he really wanted it. And then, you know, he got a couple more dogs because, you know, they were in trouble. And so there are, you know, is that irresponsibility? It's kind of like not looking at the big picture when you are deliberately living beyond your means. On the other hand, sometimes you can't live within your means because there's not enough money. And that's right. not a matter of irresponsibility. I think the lens that I would look at it through is is more along the lines of where are you going to prioritize your money? I mean, because you can be what somebody else would perceive to be irresponsible, but if those dogs bring you joy in your life and you're fine with not having money for anything else, okay, like you made a choice. And I think the listener is is writing specifically about, you know, if we're going to build a future together, I need to be part of the considerations of how they spend their money. Like our life together has to be part of the conversation. And you know, that, that becomes a different consideration. So you have to make sure that the decisions you're making are not just for you, but they're for the couple. Well, I, I would just put something in that that's, it's not even, cause most people 
I mean, not to get into our personal life, but you know, Trevor and I do not share a bank account. So it's not like we're that fina- we're, we're financially entwined at that level. And I think a lot of couples, you know, even absolutely cis straight heterosexual couples don't share bank accounts. But think about this. If you were just going to be, let's say if you got a roommate, you just have a roommate and they're responsible for half the rent. These questions of financial priority, as you rightly put it, come up. So it's not even that this is necessarily even a relationship issue as a we're together responsible for something called maintaining an apartment. And that is relevant. Let me throw out it's a bit of a tangent, but I think it's important to mention. But one fundamental thing that's going on here, you are trying to change something about your own behavior, right? Something that is an issue with with your own money issues and money usages. I think associating with somebody who is going through the exact same issue and is not trying to deal with it is unhealthy for your own corrections in your own life, right? If you're trying to give up drugs, don't hang out with someone who's using drugs, right? For my own two cents, I think it's a bad idea to, if, to be spending this much time and energy trying to merge lives with someone who is not dealing with an issue that you currently are. I, I think that's valid. I think there's also the question of, uh, you know, for example, the, the listener writes about not being able to afford medication, yeah. but instead spending money on rent. That's not irrational. No, <laughs> that's not irrational because people will give you food if you don't have enough food. People may contribute to your, you know, your, your medical bills if you have medical bills. Very few. It's quite a much bigger ask to to move in with someone because you're homeless or because you can't pay your rent. People, you know, it, it's it's a tougher ask for rent money and stuff like that. Whereas food banks, you know, have food. Uh, it's, I'm saying it's I'm, not an irrational priority. I'm curious, like, what the, you know, because we're, we have some information, but like, like one thing I can think of, and, you know, there's always discourse about this online, but like purchasing prepared foods or partially prepared foods. And if like that can be seen as a, you know, waste of money, but if Mm. this guy, you know, has chronic pain or something and he can't, you know, do, you know, buy, you know, the in the 89 cent bag of beans that fills the kitchen, then, you know, just do all this meal prep stuff. You know, there's different th- people have different needs in terms of like spending money that could be seen as, you know, irresponsible spending. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean there's, there's so there's so many things here to look we don't, at. We don't really have those details. So all we can do is speculate. Um, I think my question for the listener would be, have you talked about it? Cause yeah. as for like they, the guy writing hasn't said whether or not they've actually talked about this subject because that's where you start. Like Don's point. Yes. Like if they have talked about it and his boyfriend is like, yeah, no, I, I don't plan on addressing any of these concerns. Then yeah, I think that's a completely valid perspective, which is like, you're going to have trouble going forward together. But if you haven't talked about it, like maybe don't jump the gun just yet on like, I can't be with you anymore. Maybe just talk about it, express your concerns. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's where it has to start. Like bare minimum, you've got to be on the same page with each other about where you are and where you want to go. Yeah. Um, and the finances are, are a big part of the discussion. If you have talked about it and that discussion has happened and it doesn't look like anything's like, as I think Dan said this a few times before, like you can't, 
how did you put it? Like you can't date the person you want them to become. You can't, you, you can't date someone's potential because it, right. it, it renders them invisible. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you're looking into the future and dreaming of a day when they might eventually become a different person, like that's a really dangerous road to walk down. And it doesn't, it doesn't give the other person the ability to just be themselves and for you to, to, to be happy as yeah. each other in the relationship. Well, and as Don points out, you know, dating someone's potential is different than dating someone who's in a circumstance and taking actions to get out of that circumstance. That's not potential. That's because who they're being is the person trying to, to, to get out of that circumstance, trying, trying mm -hmm. to make something better for themselves. So that is actually who they are in the moment. What the difference in potential is, is when it's something that you see for them that they either see as undesirable or unattainable. Then you're dating someone's potential because it's in your head, not theirs. Or, yeah, or unimportant. Like, oh, yeah, I see that I had to skip my medication to pay rent, but eh, like, you know, I just do what I have to do. That's all right. I kind of wanted to get back to that idea you brought up, Michael, of shame. I'm sorry, <laughs> of talking about it, which can involve shame uh, right. in the same way that s discussing your sexual fantasies can bring up shame for people. Discussing your financial situation can can bring up shame for people. And you notice this in the letter where the boyfriend's response is, oh, they're a nightmare. My finances, oh, they're a nightmare, which is sort of a blanket for I don't want to talk about it. It's terrible. Move on. And I've done some financial counseling with people. And usually what that means is there is a crippling amount of debt. Because it's not just, I mean, it can just be the poverty of it all. But if you're dating them, you've probably seen that already. It could just be like there's this closet in the corner containing a crippling amount of debt that makes the person feel hopeless or a lot of things. And I just wanted to briefly talk about a couple of things that I've recommended to people if people happen to be in this situation. So if you're in a debt situation, especially like in student loan debt is particularly pernicious because you almost can never get out of it. But I was thinking, for example, I have a friend who had so much credit card debt. You can look at consolidation and people have probably heard that, like you can put it under all into one thing with lower interest rate, or you can just call up the credit card company and see if they will negotiate a lower rate with you. My friend was able to do this with two of his three credit cards because lowering the interest rate is going to save you money. And the other thing to do is look at, again, this comes up with shame, but, you know, look at the opportunity that bankruptcy might give you. I was going to say that too. Yeah, it is. You know, I had two friends. This is like the story of the, the country mouse and the city mouse. I had two friends with crippling debt. One of them took the bankruptcy route. The other was like, no, I'm going to be a good, solid citizen. I'm going to pay my debts. The person who paid his debts turned out to have a lot tougher road to hoe. I'm sorry, road to <laughs> hoe um, because it it basically put it it it. it did he did not avail himself of a, of a mechanism out of this idea of you know sort of personal responsibility and shame and and like take the bankruptcy option millionaires i mean how many times has donald trump filed bankruptcy yeah so it's it's a tool that you can use to start over yes it has consequences but those consequences might be better than what you're enduring now yeah if you're the <laughs> I had a 30 rock metaphor that I won't bore you guys with, but basically <laughs> if you're trying to push yourself all the way to hundred, when you're much, much closer to zero, maybe <laughs> just go back to zero and start over. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's well said. I think uh, we talked about this a little, and I think it just, you know, this main topic is just kind of talking about these issues. And I think yes. there's a lot of shame 
for men around yeah. these issues and asking for financial help or I just Yeah. And we've talked about the idea of um, kind of in fat liberation space of fat mutual aid, which is sometimes financial. Other times it's just like, I need a ride somewhere. But in fat liberation space, there is a lot more of, you know, this person from community, you know, needs to be able to pay their rent. Like, you know, here's their Venmo, here's their cash app. Like, if you can give a few dollars, you can. And I have never seen that in kind of like, you know, chub chaser, bear, whatever, you know, gain encourager space. Any and male community, because what you're talking about is very much sisters doing it for themselves. And even like, just, I, I feel like there would, the amount of backlash to that would just be so tremendous. Mm hmm. Yeah. The idea of uh, having to be a provider, and if you're not being a provider as a man, yeah. then you're failing as a man. I mean, there's so many other, you know, masculine uh, internal struggles that gay men have. And, you know, particularly if you're fat, um, then you have all of the, you know, perceived failures there. And then add on top of that finances that you don't think are are working or they just aren't and not being able to be that sort of perceived ideal male, you know, guy who can provide and be this, you know, the, the pillar of your family. Like that's a lot of shame, a lot of shame wrapped up and shame makes people not want to talk about it. That's mm -hmm. the biggest threat of toxic masculinity to any male is self-isolation. You know, mm -hmm. any failing to your masculinity, quote unquote, is a reason to cut yourself off and shut yourself down and not talk about it with other people because you're losing your masculinity if that happens. Definitely. So is the first step for us to get out of this shit is to get rid of that bullshit and just accept that masculinity means being human too. And humans occasionally need help. And it is not, uh, it, it is not the end of your identity to ask for help. Yeah. You know? And going back to what Trevor said, about community. Notice he said like who in community and that's kind of the, the antidote for shame. The antidote for shame is yeah, you share, you share something and yeah, you might feel ashamed of it, but then you notice in the responses, other people are going through it too. And other people might even have it worse. And yeah, some people might have it better, but the point is that the shame starts to lift as you discover more people who are suffering the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think even just like talking about it, you know, for the, the chub that who has, you know, the finances are a nightmare, you know, you might have a friend who's could be like, okay, let's, you know, let's sit down, let's do this, let's sort through it, let's get this together in a way that, you know, if they haven't been kind of keeping track of everything, like, let's go through your bills, let's get this mm -hmm. organized, let's like, mm -hmm. find a way that this can be tackled, or you can even, you know, begin to find the road out of this. And there are companies that will help you do this. Now, check what the, some of them are free, some of them are low cost, and some of them are not very low cost. So you do want to look up front as like what they'll do for how much. But mm -hmm. there are literally people and, or, and nonprofit organizations that do this professionally. So yeah. you don't have to rely on, well, I, you know, if I had a rich friend to help me out of this, I wouldn't be in this situation. Mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> for people living in urban areas, a great resource for all of this stuff is your LGTB center. Yes. It's amazing the different things that come together in those community centers for help with addictions to alcohol, drugs, spending. They have, you know, it's pretty much 
support groups for anything. And mm-hmm. even like I am one of those people that tends to be a little skeptical about the whole like 12 step program thing, helping things because my own bullshit. Right. But whether or not you think those sorts of things could be useful for you, the aspect of the group that involves getting together and talking with people that are going through the same problem you are, I cannot stress how incredibly beneficial that is in any situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do that. Talk about it with people who understand it because they're there. I think just one last thing. I, I put this in the notes and I, I felt like it was silly to say because I'm like, oh, well, people know about this, but maybe not. And like, and so for, you know, the, the part uh, the the chub who can't pay his bills and has been skipping his medication. There's websites like GoodRx, which will tell you which pharmacies will give you your your prescriptions at the lowest cost, and also have coupons for you know maybe this prescription is going to be three hundred dollars, but with this coupon, it can be like twenty five dollars. It is tremendous. I have you know, and sometimes pharmacies will do this for you when you're like they'll be able to pull it up on their computer at the register. It, I don't know. I, I, but I, like I said, I felt like this is something that people knew about, but also I think just maybe not to be afraid to suggest something that seems obvious because people might not know it. So thank you to the listener for writing in. I know it's a kind of a sticky subject to bring up and hopefully you're able to have a good conversation with your boyfriend and figure out a path forward. Um, we are rooting for you. Hopefully we've been helpful. Look for nonprofits. That, that would be my last parting advice do we have trevor we have a tip for today don't we we do so it's fat liberation month there's fat liberation all over the place and i thought i would share this for our uk listeners because fat club brighton is having a fat inn in mm. stanmer park in brighton uh, I love that. it is nice. august 28th at 1 p.m whatever your time zone is over there <laughs> <laughs> and this is inspired by the fat inn in central park in 1967 oh wonderful oh cool there's gonna be art a picnic smashing scales and i think maybe burning diet books rebellion uh, <laughs> rebellion is one of yeah, the rebellion. activities oh, oh my goodness <laughs> Careful, those diet books are a fire hazard. Yeah. Uh, this is geared towards fat folks, but allies are welcome if they can behave. And you... <laughs> like, I, I... Oh, that is so British. If, behave. But I mean, I don't know. I get it, because I can I can see yep. if you didn't say that, some guy would be like, oh, blimey, there's going to be a lot of fat birds in the park today. <laughs> Thank you, Austin. Yeah. Uh, uh, have some chill, guys. You know who you are. You know who you are. Yeah. Yes, check it out. Uh, if we have any UK listeners who go, let us know how it was. All right, done. In four minutes or fewer, let's do this bit. Go, go, go. Today, the bit is, if you were super rich and you were able to buy, you've already got your dream house. It's the perfect house. You're comfy living there. you're, You're fine showing it off to everyone. Now you have your other house. This house is just for you, just for you to play in. You have an unlimited budget to add something to this house that is going to make it uniquely awesome just for you. What is it going to be? I have an answer already, and I'm, go, I'm go, curious. Go, Michael, go. Have you guys seen The Incredibles 2? 
maybe. I did, yes. but I don't remember it. So the house that they stay in, the mansion that they stay in, that has the panels under the floor that have a pool oh. that you can like the panels go like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they remove and then. So I want a pool, but I don't just want a pool. I want not. the whole house <laughs> to be a pool that has removable floor panels. Oh, I think boy. that's called flooding. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so fun though. You could just be like, oh, I want to swim, but I don't want to go outside because it's too hot or it's too cold. You could just go into the floor. You could swim anywhere. Exactly the same thing that I wanted for my house, except with me, it's not just like gigantic pool underneath it. I want that, but I want tunnels going under the house between rooms that you could swim through. Yeah, yeah. Like a secret grotto underneath that you could only access by swimming. It would always have terrifying. It would always have like it would have a bubble of air above it. So you're not just gonna like drown, but you can Uh, swim through these tunnels and and you'd have like little secret, like, you know, dimly lit like secret areas and crannies. The Only bubble's the gone. Survive. What if you go to for the bubble and it's gone because someone's trying to kill you? you- <laughs> well, what do you guys want? What do you, what would you do with your special? I know what Trevor wants. <laughs> Is this what I said in the call? Or no, it's, it's what I what I didn't say in the call. What I think you need a a pony kennel. Oh, uh, <laughs> a I miniature mean, a miniature horse. I was yeah. What I was thinking for mine like little was Sebastian, like a like redonkulous test kitchen. It's like I have everything I could possibly want. I have like the soft serve machine so I could make (laughs) soft serve ice cream. I would want those like kind of whole foods, like the (laughs) grain dispensers for stuff. Yes, yes. Where it's just always stocked. Yeah. And a shuttle to get between stations. (laughs) Yeah. A pizza oven. I don't know. A a ceramics oven. Because why not? Like just and like an that. industrial strength gas range that yeah. just like that can actually get hot enough to use a wok properly. Oh yeah, and a sous chef. Yeah. <laughs> Someone to actually tell you could tell them what to do, and then you get to sit back mm-hmm. and instruct them and make oh, Trevor, Trevor's very failed experiments. <laughs> All right, Dan, what you got? I just I just want a place for me and my horse. <laughs> oh, you want a horse inside the house, not the stable inside no, the house. No, 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 no. I have experience with horses. I don't want them in the house. But <laughs> they're 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 horses for God's sake. No, I just I just think it would be so fun to like you know urban urban horsing, <laughs> an nice. urban horse life. <laughs> so, dear listener, what crazy ass expansion would you want on your incredibly wealthy house? Well, we're Where can on. They tell us about that, Trevor. Uh, well, we're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars Yay. on Apple Podcast. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash bigfatgaypod. I think that's everything. I did that really fast. Yeah, as fast as ever, maybe. Maybe, That was amazing. (laughs) Maybe you're riding your horse through the test kitchen on your way to the underwater grotto. (laughs) And um, the panels start falling. Someone sucked up all the air. It's the house is converting into pool mode and you have to ride your horse as fast as you can oh, no. to get outside so you don't drown. So <laughs> watch out.